It's good to be here. It's good to be with you, my friends. And I think we've got a good word today. At Church Project, we usually go through the book of Acts, and we've been going through it for two years. And we paused on that about three weeks ago. Why? Because we felt like God was saying, it's time to focus on some things specifically. So we paused on the book of Acts. You can open up your YouVersion app. It's a Bible app. It's a free app. You can follow along the notes for the message today. And I'd, I'd encourage you to download those notes because as you go to house church this week, um, then you can dialogue with your house church people and have a great conversation over scripture. But God's doing some new things. He's doing it in Project Kids. He's doing it with our worship. He's doing it at Church Project. And he's doing it in your heart. Like he wants to take words that we've, we've even in our life, we've just kind of got numb to, like fellowship, and he wants to do new things in that. Fellowship isn't a place where we go and, and we have really good friend, uh, food and we enjoy our company for a little bit. No, that's like community. Fellowship, what we've been really looking at is community is you show up, you're part of a community. If you live in Greeley, you're part of a community. Welcome, you're the community of the United States of America. That's community. I have too much community. I don't need any more community. Do you? I long for fellowship, and the word fellowship, if you look at it in a deep, deep way, means to make an investment and to work it together. That's the kind of relationship that I want to be in, like a fellowship. Something where I give, something where you give, and together we're giving and we're moving and we're the church. That's the church that I want to be a part of, something where we are each mutually investing and working it. I long for that, to be a church of fellows. Do you? We have it. We have it on Sunday mornings. We have it at house churches. We have it. Look around. These are people that love you and that are pushing back the gates of hell together. And church, I'm so honored to be here today. I think God's got something new for each of us. I want us to open up our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 24 or 25. This is what our, this is what our series is, is, our little series has been based on, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25, and today we're going to look at one specific verse, and I'm calling this, we never do series, but I'm calling this series, Let Us, like L-U-T space U-S, Let Us, not, not the food that's gross, but Let Us, and that's the name of the series, because we go through this, you'll see that as the early church was growing, they had to learn some things, and so the writer of this book, who I said definitively was Paul, and then I was challenged, it may not be Paul, who knows who exactly wrote this book, so we'll just say, the writer of this book said, let us, and then he speaks to the early church as they're figuring out how to do this thing together, which sounds like church project. We're trying to figure out how to be Christians and do this thing together in 2018. So let's read through these verses, and then I'm going to pause on verse 24 because that's what we're looking at today. So the writer is writing to the church and says in verse 19 of Hebrews chapter 10, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, amen? Amen. amen. By a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priesthood over the house of God, in verse 22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance of faith that um, having our hearts sprinkled, cleansed from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. And last week, if you were here, Ryan did a great job in, in verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And today we're going to look at verse 24. 
and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. God, I pray for us in this place that as we look at verse 24, uh, your Holy Spirit will move. You'll teach us some incredible things. And God, we'll really get the essence of what you're trying to tell your church in 2018 through Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Amen. So if you've been coming to Church Project for a while, you know this is one of my favorite verses of all times. Let us consider how to spur each other on to love and good deeds is such an incredible challenge. And so let's look at this verse right here. Um, I want to pick apart a few words. The first one is, and let us consider. Let us consider. The definition, if you look up the word consider, is to direct one's whole mind to an object. So when you're considering something, you're directing your whole mind towards that object. How would it feel today to know that someone is considering you? How would it feel if you knew that someone today was considering you? They were directing their whole mind and thinking about you. They were praying for you. And when was the last time you took time to consider someone in this room? So this is, the author is saying the early church, let us consider how we may spur each other on to love and good deeds. And I don't know about you, but if I know you come up to me and you go, Aaron, I considered you this week. What an honor. Like, you thought about me, you prayed for me, you put your mind fully at work for that, and the writers tell in the early church, let us consider how to spur each other on to love and good deeds. That takes a lot of time and intentionality, right? When I was a young man in college, just as good looking as I am now, and when I was starving musician in Miami, I was a starving musician in Miami, um, someone considered me, and it was my mom and my dad. They would do these ridiculous things like a care package. Raise your hand if you know what a care package is. If you've ever received a care package, it's like the lifeline to every college student and starving musician in the world, the care package. So you go and you get the slip in the envelope and it says you've got a package and you start jumping up and down with joy and you'll give that slip to the mail person and they give you this box. No matter what size it is, you're like... I've been considered like someone thought about me and you can't wait to rip that thing open. In my care package, my mom and my dad would put all sorts of cool stuff like Dallas Cowboy gear. <laughs> and this one's actually not from then. It's from Jerry Ishida. Thanks for that. You considered me. He went to a game and brought it. But, I, they, but I, have, I would have like Dallas Cowboy gear in there. And I thought, that's incredible. I would also have ding-dongs. That's as close to heaven as I've ever been, a package of ding-dongs. If you don't know what it is, look it up, okay? Chocolate goodness, right? Butterfingers, I would have new shirts, I would have ramen noodles, I would have cash, I would have candy. Oh, I love candy. You ain't getting none of this. That's for Halloween. That's expensive, candy's expensive now. And I would even have underwear in my care package. Who knows what I would have in my care package, but thank God it was new underwear, right? <laughs> the root of the word consider, as we're looking right here, in the Greek is kaha noel. That's the root to this word. And when we looked at this root word, there's other verses that use this root word in all of Scripture. Scripture. 
And so when I'm thinking, consider Matthew 7, 3. Why do you look at, and that word look at is the same word we're looking at here, consider. So why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? If we're taking this challenge seriously, one of the things we're gonna do is we are gonna be cautious and mindful as to why and how we address our brothers and sisters. And I'm gonna ask this, as, as we wanna spur each other on to love and good deeds, sometimes it's, it's gonna be with words and challenges, but I wanna remind us of Matthew 7, 3, to, be, uh, to, to really be cautious and to know, do we have a relational equity to speak life into each other? And do we have a relationship built on a fellowship where we're all in and we're invested and we're considering each other and how to spur each other on to love and good deeds? Another verse that I think of is Luke chapter 12, verse 24, and it starts out and it says, consider the ravens. And this is God as, he's, as we're thinking about God. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barns, yet God feeds them how much more valuable you are than the birds, amen? We can think of birds and ravens, and God provides for them, and consider how much more he loves us. Beautiful, and another consider word that comes from this root word is Hebrews chapter three, verse one, and says this, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts, and that fix your thoughts is the same root word, consider. Fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest in church. Do we consider God, the way of God, who he is, how he moves? When was the last time you considered you were all in, you put your mind and your attention on the things of God? So I like that word consider. I like to be thought of. God likes to be thought of. So let us consider how to spur each other on to love and good deeds. The second word I want to look at is spur. Woo, if you're a cowboy, you know what that is, right? Spur, to stir up, to be provoked, called to the table, rebuked, challenged. Let us consider how to spur each other on to love and good deeds. Multiple times in my life, and probably like yours, I've had brothers and sisters come and spur me on. Kick me in the booty. Challenge me, call me to the table. Aaron, why do you have so much lust in your life? Aaron, why are you being so greedy? Why is your language going really south? That used to be really fun, but now it's part of your vocabulary. Like, why? Are you drinking too much, Aaron? Like, what's your attitude? What are your habits? And I've had multiple people in my life come and spur me on. As they're considering me and praying for me, and they love me, they're considering, and they're coming and spurring me, saying, Aaron, why? Why are you doing this? And it comes from a place of love. I know that. But it hurts, right? To be spurred hurts. If you don't know, ask a horse. It probably doesn't feel good, right? I've had multiple times people come and spur me on. There's a word in entropy, in, in bio, if you're a biology major, then I'll butcher this, but you'll like this. I mean, the entropy word is a measure of disorder or, or randomness in a closed system. So when you're thinking about a closed system, there's no new life being interjected into it, and so a closed system has disorder and chaos and eventually dies because of no new life. 
I had a group of, of friends, two men, the last couple years, and we named our group, we titled it, because it was just that cool, Team Anti-Entropy. Like our job was to spur new life into each other so we wouldn't die as a closed system. And I know that as alone, as a human being, if you put me alone, I'm gonna entropy. I'm gonna die. I actually need you brothers and sisters to consider me and to spur me on to love and good deeds and to challenge me and I bet we all need each other to encourage each other towards life and towards God and towards growth instead of closeness where Satan can really play with our heart and mind. You with me? I think of Jesus in John chapter four verses 15 through 18 It's the woman at the well, right? And think about this. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, this water that he's speaking of that gives eternal life. And she says, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and and I won't have to keep coming to this well to draw water. And he told her, Go, call your husband to come back. And what is her response if you know this passage? He says, Jesus says to her, this woman, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands. <laughs> and the man you are with now is not your husband. What you have said is quite, quite true, she said. In this moment, this love, you see Jesus even loving this woman at the well and says, listen, the way that you're living, the way that you're doing life is not right. And he lovingly spurs her on and speaks truth to her. Church, I want to be part of a church that does that. What about you? Like, amen, thank you, you're right. You called my poop to the table. And I know that my life needs to change and reflect God more in this area. I I long to have a life just filled with holiness. I long to reflect Jesus and God more adequately in my life. Not, Not because that's what you do to earn salvation, no, but because he's my father and he loves me and I want to reflect God more clearly. Do you? And at times it's gonna take us spurring each other on to love and good deeds, which is the last section I wanna look at. Let us consider, dude, consider me often. Makes me feel good. (laughs) Let us consider how to spur each other on to love and good deeds. That's the end result of considering and spurring. Love and good deeds. John chapter 10, 10 says this. This is love and good deeds that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, life to the full, like that's love and good deeds. Is that the kind of life you wanna live? Galatians 5, and 23, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there's no such law. Like to live a life filled of the fruits of the spirits, is that living a life filled of love and good deeds? I hope that you spur me on. I hope we can encourage each other and consider each other, spur each other on to live more a life that's full of life and reflective more of the fruits of the Spirit. I want us right now uh, to just listen to a story in 2 Samuel chapter 12. And I'm, I'm actually gonna read this story through the message version, partly because I really miss my friend that I never met, um, Eugene Peterson, who passed away six days ago, and he is the one that wrote 
the, the message transliteration of the Bible. He's written so many incredible things, so many great devotional books, and, and, and the church is missing him. He won't write anymore, but he's dancing in heaven. And so I want to read 2 Samuel chapter 12. And here's a story. It's the message transliteration, okay? There were two men in the same city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had huge flocks of sheep, herds of cattle. The poor man had nothing but one little female lamb, which he had brought and raised, which he had bought and raised. It grew up with him and his children as the member of his family. It ate off his plate and drank from his cup and slept on his bed. It was like a daughter to him. Know what this second Samuel comes from? It comes from Nathan. Nathan the prophet, right after David, King David, took Bathsheba and ended up killing her husband, impregnating Bathsheba, and was in deep sin. King David, the man after God's own heart. Nathan comes to David, and he starts saying this story. So this is David being told the story from the, the prophet Nathan. So this lamb, let's continue. David exploded in anger when he heard about this lamb and the rich man and the poor man. And says, as surely as God lives, he said to Nathan, the man who did this ought to be lynched. He must repay for the lamb four times over in his crime and his stinginess. And then, you're the man, said Nathan. You're the man. And here's what God, the God of Israel, has said to you, I made you king over Israel, David. I freed you from the first of Saul. I gave you your master's daughter and others' wives to have and to hold. I gave you both Israel and Judah. And if that hadn't been enough, if I have glad, I would have gladly thrown in much more. So why have you treated the word of God with brazen contempt, doing this great evil? You murdered the, the Urite, the Hittite, then took his wife as your wife. Worse, you killed him with an Ammonite sword. David realizes that this is him, and he's getting his stuff called to the table by prophet Nathan, right? And how does he respond? And I think this is why the Bible says of David that he's a man after God's own heart. As his stuff is getting called to the table. In verse 13, then David confessed to Nathan, I've sinned against God. And Nathan pronounced yes, but that's not the last word, God forgives your sin. You won't die for it, but because your blasphemous behavior, the son born to you will die. And we can go on to the story and the son does die. But we see David with a heart that's broken. He's saying, I'm not reflecting God clearly in this aspect of my life. Nathan calls him to the table, and David repents. Church, let us consider how to spur each other on to love and good deeds. It's worth, it's worth it. It's worth it to grow together. And I'd ask you this, what do you spend your life considering? As we go and move about our days, what do you spend your life considering? Do you consider God and the ways of God? And how can you consider his church? 
church project, the people of this church. I'll tell you this, here's one really easy way to consider his church this week. Next week, I think, was why we really picked to stop and to go through this Hebrews passage. Next week's message is gonna be very, very good for the life of church project and where we're at seven years into this. So how can you physically consider the church this week? There's people that have been part of our body over the last seven years. Look around, are they here? Maybe this week would be a really good week to call them up, to text them. Say, where have you been? We miss you. Like, we want to do this thing together. Would you come next Sunday and be part of the message? And I really mean it. Like, how are we considering each other and spurring each other on to love and good deeds? Because it's easy, even on Sunday mornings, to come every Sunday. Wait, no, the Broncos are playing. Okay, three times a month. Wait, no, it's snowing. Two times a month. Oh, wait, I just want to sleep in. Once a month, it's easy to get into that pattern. I mean, I got to be here, so I'll be here. (laughs) To wrap up, I want to give us a couple things here. One is, let us consider how to spur each other on to love and good deeds. The first part of that is showing up in the first place. Allowing yourself to be in relationships in the first place. Like, you got to show up. You got to be known and know other people is in his church body. The second place of, of knowing how to live out this verse is being bold enough to be vulnerable. Like you can be in relationships, but if you're not going to be vulnerable, it's just community. Like let's show up and let's be bold enough to be vulnerable and to be honest with each other and, to, and just lay it out there. Like, you know what? I'm actually really, plug your ears if you don't like kind of cuss words, pissed at God right now. And be vulnerable enough to say that and to walk through that. Like, that is fellowship. And walking through that, so be vulnerable enough. And and the third thing is, besides just showing up and being vulnerable, is loving God and loving others. Like, if we are loving God with all of our might and we're loving others, it's really easy to consider how to spur each other on to love and good deeds. That's a church I want to be a part of because we're going to be encouraging each other. I'm going to end with this. God is actively considering you right now and has been pursuing you through all of time. Like, if that doesn't put a smile on your face, I don't know what else to say or do. Like, and I pray, Holy Spirit, let us realize how much God is considering each and every one of us as we sit here right now. That God's madly in love with you, not because of what you have done or haven't done, In the back is our little cute business cards, and on the back it says, we want to change the way people see Christ, Christians, and the church, because many of us, quite honestly, have been hurt by the church. And I'm sorry. God never stopped considering you and pursuing you, nor will he. God is actively considering you. You are on his mind. He's sending you a care package. And yes, Sarah, you were hoping I would pass out candy. Can you help me, Sarah? Well, just pass this around. And it's Halloween, so this is like communion for Halloween. Here you go, Sarah. Whoever wants it, you get pieces of it. But make sure that I get, there's at least one Whopper left for me. 
Can I get one first? Because Chad will steal them. I got my Wapa. I got my Wapa. So Sarah will be passing this around. And then um, as silly as it is, this is our communion this week. Halloween candy from Walmart. Yeah, from Walmart. But maybe even during worship, this stupid little thing will remind you that God's considering you. He's running after you. He's thinking about you. He's sending a a care package to you because he loves you that much. I'm going to ask Jeremiah to come up because this verse that we're going to talk about is Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. This is how much God's considering you and spurring you on to love and good deeds and pursuing you and running after you and forgiving you and loving you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord over us. Maybe just close your eyes and, and consider this, like God's considering you, like, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Oh yeah, Debbie, hippie Debbie, all day long, man. God's considering you. What about this? Psalms 139, verse 16 and 17. Your your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your books before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Like God considered you before you were even born. How precious is that? He knew where you would mess up. He knew what you would, you would hit a grand slam in too. And he's like, I love you, man. I'm considering you. What about this? 1 Peter 2.9. I mean, look at your candy and think of 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen people. God chose you. You are a priesthood, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Amen? And then we'll end on this one as we reflect and we continue just with this worship song here. Deuteronomy 31, verses eight, verse 8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. God is considering you. He's sending you care packages. He loves you. Regardless of what you have done and haven't done, he goes before you in your day, amen? As you woke up, he knew what you would wake up and what you would face. He knows what you're going through. Do not be despaired. Do not be discouraged. Be encouraged. He has not forsaken you. Do not be afraid because he continues to consider us. That's Church Project 2.0. Are you in? That's what I'm in for. This is what I can't wait to see God continue to build and do in us. Let me pray. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. God, I thank you, one, we have Jeremiah here. I mean, that's amazing. Leading us in worship. 
highly talented and highly gifted songwriter that's impacting the world, God, and you brought him to greet you today? Thank you. Because this gospel message is worth it. It's so worth it that you would wake us up today, you would bring Jeremiah and his team all the way across America to plan in Greeley, Colorado, so we would worship you? Like, the gospel message is worth it. The fact that you keep giving us breath today, the gospel message is worth it. Your love is enough. It's pursuing us. God, I pray in this place you would break our heart and remind us how much you're considering us and loving us. Church, it's out of this posture I ask us just to talk with God for a few moments. Where has Satan literally danced in your mind and in your heart and told you you're not adequate enough or you're not worthy? Because that's a lie. Where do you feel insecure and beat down and defeated? God's considering that. He knows that. He's the answer and the hope for that. Don't carry that. That's a lie. Because God, when he speaks over us, he says we're worthy, we're enough, we're capable. Church, maybe in this place, the Holy Spirit would just break our heart for how much we are trying to live our lives our way. And in this place today, God, I pray that all of us would surrender portions of our life that we're holding pride and anger. And we would say, God, use us, show us, rebuild us, love us. Thank you for considering us. Your chosen people, we are worthy because of you. Let's continue to consider God and worship him for who he is this morning.